You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 328. Today, we're going to talk about how to create mega authority presence in your online business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to a Monday edition here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Very excited for today because we're going to talk about something that I think is really getting in the way for a lot of people who want to be creating and selling courses and coaching, digital products, etc. You want to make more money, help more people, reach more people. Except today in a landscape of 2020, we have an interesting predicament, something that I've been talking about for a very long time, something that we see more and more of being more prevalent, which is that what comes with this inherent give and take with a lower barrier of entry into a business model. When I started my business, I mean, when I originally started my like first ideas of business, 2007, when I started my YouTube and video stuff it was about 2010. And back then creating an online course on the internet, collecting credit cards, all that stuff, especially back in 2007, that took like a degree in rocket science. Today, somebody could do this in 35 seconds, like boop, 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 done here, take my money, right? Accept my money. What that is, is this software, you know, sites and solutions like Kajabi. We love Kajabi, jameswilder.com forward slash Kajabi. That's what we use to host everything in our business, online programs, etc. You know, they've made it easier. They've made it a lot easier. And unfortunately, a lot of people wait until it's easy before they do something in their life. Uh, I just shake my head at that and say, okay. But inherent with something being easier makes other things harder. It's a constant trade-off. Lower barrier of entry means more people. And today what we have is everyone has an Instagram account. You know, everyone's an expert, right? Everyone has a podcast. Everyone's an expert. Now, this isn't a bad thing. It's just what is, okay? You got to get that. If you're operating from a constant, you know, trying not to lose survival reptilian mind attitude, everything you look at is going to look at it, be looked at as a reason why it won't work. Everything will be a threat. You've heard the phrase, to a hammer, everything is a nail. Well, when you're in survival mode, you're looking at everything as a threat. Everything is a reason why it won't work. Okay, great. Well, that's what a lot of people are doing, right? And when I started, I didn't do anything to create authority. I didn't have certifications. I didn't have degrees. I mean, I have a film school degree, but you know, I was teaching video, so that's not entirely accurate, I guess. I didn't write a best-selling book. I wasn't doing anything else really. I just started putting out YouTube videos. And slowly, over time, and organically, I started helping people. And those people got value out of you know what I was saying and giving me results. That helped with credibility. Then more videos over time and then more views over time. People started sharing. Then I got to speak on some stages. And it, and it just organically grew. And anybody could do that. Like anybody that's freaking not lazy, has a sense of commitment and doesn't give up after six months could go do that. You could say, you know what? For a year straight, I'm going to record content every week. Facebook lives, podcasts, video. Most people don't do that. They go, uh, yeah, there's a new show on Netflix. So, you know, I got to keep up with the Kardashians, right? And so they give up, right? But the truth is in 2020, there's far more people. I mean, I'm sitting here with the iPhone 11 in my hand. And the quality of camera capabilities that it have is, is through the roof. It's unbelievable. And I could sit there and make a video every single day, every single week, post it to YouTube. I'm doing podcasts two to three times a week. And anybody could do this. It doesn't even have money. You could do this as a side hustle. You could do this while you have a job and could be doing this and establishing credibility over time, right? Not instant, but over time. Why I'm saying this is that when everyone's an authority, no one is. When everyone's got a YouTube channel, when everyone's got 100,000 you know, Instagram posts, when everyone has that, no one does. It's the emperor's clothes. I talk about this in the episodes again here, right? 
And so it is what it is. And you got to deal with what is. You know, if you keep resisting it, that's you not dealing with it. This is what it is. This isn't a bad thing. This isn't a negative thing. This just is what it is. The game and the landscape is always changing. Those that continue to win are the ones that accept the landscape and deal with what is. Not, I knew it wasn't going to work. They throw their hands up and I say, that's not what an entrepreneur does. An entrepreneur is saying, hey, whatever's in front of me, I'm going to look for the opportunity. Well, here's the opportunity right now. And this is why we're doing this episode. This is why this is so important. Is that one of the things that I, myself included, I'm including myself in this camp that most online business owners completely avoid. People that you want to call your competition. It's no easy. It's saturated. Blobity bloop is media, PR, publications, all that stuff, right? They avoid it. I don't know why. They scoff at it. It becomes the forgotten stepchild of online marketing. And the truth is, is that the more you have of that stuff, the more you're doing what most don't do and you are perceived as more of an authority with more credible background, et cetera. And that leads to more people paying attention to you. More people paying attention to you leads to more sales, more business, more clients, more impact, more freedom, more of the things that you want. This is not something to be ignored. We should all absolutely be considering this far more, paying close attention because the truth of the matter is most people won't. The very fact that you're like, eh, this isn't important to me should be the very good thing because that's what everyone else is thinking. And I always do the exact opposite of what everyone else is doing. And that's why we stay ahead of the curve. That's why we get people's attention. And that's why we're, we stay different. We stay unique. We stay ahead of the curve. Because I look at the sentiment of what everyone is doing and I say, cool, that's what everyone's doing. That's what everyone's thinking. I'll do the opposite. And I cannot tell you how many examples of that I have. Videos are too time-consuming, too expensive. Great, I'll do more videos. Okay, there you go. All right, so I'm bringing to you my special guest. Her name is Jen Burson. Now, Jen is a good friend of mine. She's a member of our Inner Circle Mastermind, and she's been running a PR agency to big, like, multi-million dollar, billion dollar brands for over 15 years. And she spoke at our mastermind back in November on this topic of how to get more press in your business. And look, it got us that stupid little blue check mark, which I didn't remember until the end of our interview. But it got us that stupid little blue check mark on Instagram, which I always think is so silly, but people just always think it's such a big deal. So even for that reason alone, right? Paying attention to this episode, this conversation and doing something more intentional with with getting more media exposure is going to be crucial if you want to continue to be perceived as an authority, you want to develop more of your authority. It really is, in my opinion, like instant authority. Uh, it's a fantastic episode. We have a great conversation and Jen shares with you a five-step process. It's much simpler and far less intimidating than you think to start getting into this world. So without further ado, let's play that episode with Jen right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. I am here with my good, good friend, Jen Burson. Jen, how you doing? I'm good. Hi, James. Hi. I'm very excited to chat with you today because you shared at our Inner Circle Mastermind some pretty powerful stuff that blew a lot of minds and got us thinking about some things differently. What is it we're going to talk about today? Let's talk about PR and how your audience can use the media to just blow their visibility out of the water, drive insane demand for their products, their coaching, and let their clients, their dream clients come to them. So we're going to talk about media, media exposure, PR. I feel like all of this is the, (laughs) I'm sure you feel this way too, like the forgotten stepchild of online marketing. It's like, it's like the thing that people try and like, don't talk about that much. It kind of, I feel like it's ignored. Do you agree with me? Or maybe not because you're in the, that world so much? Well, I agree with you in the online space. Our yes, in the online in space. Our, yeah. yeah, and our clients in our agency are brands with physical mm-hmm. products. So we are really competing with a lot of other companies trying to get that coveted media space. But we have seen such an opportunity for experts to share their story and let the media you know, give their authority a lot of attention. I mean, it's basically sharing what they know how to do or what they overcame and letting others see the possibility in it. And media is looking for really interesting stories to tell. So it is kind of a missed opportunity if people are looking for instant authority and, you know, visibility to get a a wider audience. So the benefits of of PR are absolutely going to be credibility and authority. And I think 
that's an important thing we have to touch on today. Because chances are some of those people listening are sitting there saying, who am I? You know, there's all these other people. There's new people entering the marketplace. It seems really crowded and noisy and I'm just getting, you know, and when like, it's like the emperor's new clothes, right? Like when everyone's naked, no one's naked. (laughs) What a weird, I always give weird metaphors on the show. (laughs) Deal with it. But when everyone's got a course, when everyone's got an Instagram account, right? Then like when everyone's an authority in that sense, like no one is, right? But you want to think about it from this standpoint, when not everyone is getting featured in major mainstream publications and getting that type of publicity, then that's the opportunity in 2020 to stand out. And I think I'll be honest and admit that PR, publicity, everything you speak to is something that I rolled my eyes to, or I don't want to say roll my eyes to, but did this, what is this motion where you're just like, you know, <laughs> shrugged it off, shrugged it off and said, oh, not for me. And I think that's what we see a lot of people doing in our space, not, not your clients. And we'll get into a little bit more about your agency in the moment too. So we know, you know, who we're listening to, someone who's also an authority knows what she's talking about. But yeah, I feel like that's, that's what I did for a long time. And I don't know why, you know, we're just drawn to more like internet based things. But I see now is the opportunity of differentiating yourself as a more credible authority in a marketplace, which is more crowded than it used to be. It is what it is, right? It's a different, different landscape, but also it offers exposure and other opportunities, which we'll get into that as well. So I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. I think it's important. I think, you know, people could listen to this and very easily say what I did. Not for me, right? Writing it off here. Just never mind. On to what's Periscope doing these days, right? What's, what's, <laughs> let me look at Snapchat. No. Vine. <laughs> Vine. Yeah. Right. So tell us a little bit about what you do because you have an agency. I do. I have an agency, Generation PR, and we are celebrating our 15th anniversary this wow. year. Yeah. Yeah. You always talk about you. She started this when 14 she, years. she started this before she had her driver's license, folks. So she's 15 years <laughs> old would. when she started. <laughs> well, and you know, I was a lawyer before that and I practiced that's, for several years. That's so. right. Yeah. And we represent our agency retainer clients, our brands with physical products, and we have several different niches baby and kids, beauty and cosmetics and health and wellness. And I represent billion dollar brands in each of our various niches. So it's really exciting to be able to run the business. You know, I work from home and have total flexibility on my schedule, but we work with some really large, well-known brands and we've learned a lot representing these bigger clients with a lot of different opportunities to tell their, you know, brand story and, promote their products. But the other side of my business, the way that you and I are connected is through my digital consulting and coaching. And I have programs where I teach entrepreneurs how to tell their stories and how to use the media to establish their authority and share their expertise. And I also teach agency owners how to launch, grow and scale profitable agencies. But I've just seen this kind of opportunity explode because when I first started PR, there were print magazines. And if you look at the frequency of the publication, it comes out once a month. You're competing Mm. with these crazy advertisers, you know, and now with digital publications, there's so many more. You've got the online versions of print publications, but then tons of very specialized niche publications that, you know, you can kind of laser in on where your target audience is reading and they're looking for tons of content. They're writing 10, 15 articles a day. So people say the media landscape is changing and it's harder than ever. And yes, there's more competition, but there's a lot more opportunity. And we haven't even mentioned podcasts. Hello, we're on a podcast, right? right? There's so many great opportunities, especially with an expert to go on a podcast and borrow an audience from somebody maybe more established and really share their personality too through being a guest on a podcast. I love this. So... Do you have, are you able to share any, even if you keep it kind of like anonymous of your, from your agency business, like an amazing story or case study of, of a client you took on and the kind of the, the opportunities and events that unfolded through, uh, working with you. Yeah. Like a big um, well, brand brands or with, 
with physical products, yeah. I mean, we've taken clients and I had one day, this was actually the turning point in my career because for many years, I had this feeling of why would anybody hire a lawyer to do their PR? And it was this right. feeling of what am I even doing here? Mm. And am I a fraud and imposter syndrome would creep up. And this one day I had two clients on Ellen, on the Ellen DeGeneres, the Mother's Day episode, like a huge- On the same episode? The same episode. I had two clients because I represent a lot of baby brands and I had two clients. So I was in the green room with our clients watching the show, watching Ellen hold their product, talk about Angelina Jolie called this the best product on the market. I mean, it was incredible. And at the exact same time, I had one of my clients making her Today Show debut. So she was wow. appearing on the Today Show in New York. And it was literally in that moment that I thought to myself, huh, I'm not that bad at this. I'm actually <laughs> not half bad at this. Like, yeah. it's not a fluke. I thought yeah. everything was lucky and it was kind of a fluke until that moment. I thought, okay, I actually do deserve to be here doing yeah. this. Oh, that's so, so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what are what are the type of results that someone could expect that, you know, is like that client once they're on the Ellen show? Like, do, do sales oh go through gosh. the roof? This is just out of my, you know, my genuine curiosity. Do sales go through the roof? Like, does like the, the website like crash like that moment because that many people are like watching? Do you have stories of that yeah. happening and stuff? Yeah, we do. So that particular episode, they ran alongside a, a deep 24 hour flash sale. This was like the time wow. of the, the and that was all, all strategically. Of- yes. And so see, this is, the- I just want to jump in right here because this is awesome because it's, it, to me, this is about, this makes me really happy to hear this. Cause this is about adding strategy to the PR. It's not just like, well, let's just get some exposure so we can go and say we're on Ellen or we were in this featured in this article. It's like, no, no, no. We are strategically aligning our marketing promotional so that we can capture that. And I think that's a very important piece where it's like, don't just look at this as like getting in Forbes or something. Look at this as like, okay, what can we turn this into? Like, what's the strategy Right. I, yeah, I love absolutely. That. We have a lot of leveraging strategies and I actually have a checklist that I share. It's like a free download because I want people to see exactly that point that getting that mention, it's amazing, but the way you leverage it and use it after the fact is how it's going to have staying power in your business. Right. Another after effect that we saw from that was now we don't do SEO in our business, but the SEO team that supported this brand took the as seen on Ellen angle and leveraged it to have the most conversions on their paid SEO efforts for multiple years. They told us for three, four, five years after the placement that they started to see, I mean, this was a couple of years back, but they started to see a lot of conversions, people searching that term. So they were able to leverage it for SEO. It appeared on their website. They had it on packaging for point of purchase. You sometimes have to check to see that the publication will allow that because you're using their logo and whatever. But if you are able to do that, and a lot of times, to be honest with you, we like you know, we seek forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> so we'll Amen. Share the, Amen. you know what I'm saying? You yeah. kind of just don't do anything you, illegal, but yeah, you know, just <laughs> like I, I'll tell you in all my years of posting things online, sharing articles and on our website and on social media, nobody's ever said, Hey, don't do that. Take that down. Yeah. But you want to be careful if you're a larger brand, but there is so much more traction you can get out of these placements beyond just the initial feature itself. I love that. So taking this, like, okay, I'm really getting an idea now, like of some, yeah, they've got a baby product, you know, maybe it's like a little, you know, it rocks the baby to sleep itself. And, you know, and Ellen's got a mother day special and she brings on this product and, you know, you've got celebrities endorsing it and you got a promotion online at the same time. And then it's like, you're going to crush it. And then you're saying, as you know, I totally get that now. So we can give like at the highest view, I always like to start like 30,000 foot view, right? How does a personal brand, you know, an influencer, someone who's got the following, the content, maybe they're selling courses or coaching, what's the 30,000 foot view strategy for that person to use and leverage PR, the media? 
an influencer, not unlike yourself. <laughs> sure. um, and side note, a I podcast host, thinking, how would podcast yeah. <laughs> hosts of really awesome podcasts use this? <laughs> I spoke with your team and I was just riffing on ideas, you know, about how can we promote James? It was really fun. So I would think you're going to start to see some really good media hits come out. Your team is and really excited. About by the it, way, right but. before this episode, we started recording. Julie's telling me that like we've been featured as a secondhand mention in like three or four recent like major publication, like Forbes articles and stuff. Like people are mentioning us, which is really neat as That's well. Awesome. So like by, you know, you know, someone saying like, oh yeah. And James Wedmore said, bop, 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 bop. And I said, no, I don't want my name in these things. Get it <laughs> out of there. <laughs> I don't want the exposure. Stop looking at me. <laughs> Just, Just wait, it's coming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, honestly, it's way more simple than maybe people think that it probably, you know, the, yeah, than the, the complexity that people probably think that is involved, but it's really simple. We kind of break it down into like a very basic kind of five step process. And I just, say it that way so that people go, okay, that's totally doable. I can do that. And the first thing is really getting into that mindset. It's really hard to put yourself out there and share something so personal, like your story, you know, how you got here, you know, what you overcame or what you know how to do and break it down in a way to the media that's interesting. So if you put yourself out there, it's a little scary because you feel like, well, what if they reject me? And the answer is, so what, <laughs> right? Right. You won't get a yes if you don't try. And the worst that they can say is no. Yeah. And if, you know, so what? So you try. And a lot of times you won't hear anything. It'll just be crickets. And if they say no, it's really meaning kind of not right now. That's really what they mean is this isn't a fit for me right now. You can try someone at the same publication or you can try a different publication. So it's never a solid no. No one's ever going to say, get out of my face and don't ever reach out to me again. And the reality is, if you come at this with the right story, the right angle, that's a good fit. You're not spamming a hundred different outlets with the same mm. generic nonsense, right? You want to set your goal and your intention for your press strategy. Who are you trying to reach? What are you trying to accomplish? And then you figure out just a few places that you think are the right fit for you. And the way that I tell my audience to think about this is when you're reading those publications, like a Forbes, Business Insider, you know, any of like Huffington Post, you're reading an article and it just really resonates with you. Or you're listening to the Mind Your Business podcast and you think to yourself, wow. you know, I... <laughs> I love episode. the way that James, you know, <laughs> shares these experts on his show. Like I have this unique expertise I could really share with him. I love his show. Then you take the time to connect with that one or two or three mm -hmm. publications in a meaningful way. You want to make a connection where they start to see you. You do not even have to have a big audience for this. You can share their content from a place of genuine appreciation. You really like the article. You found it useful. Maybe tease out one or two tips that you've implemented in your business and what impact it had for you as you're sharing it and tag the person that wrote it. And they'll start to see you. You don't have to do this for a long time, but a week or two, it's kind of like you're sharing with no real agenda. You're just having kind of a conversation with somebody through your social platform, especially if you see where that person is active and you start to engage on that platform Yeah. and they'll start to notice you. Maybe they won't say anything or maybe they'll say, thanks. They'll send you a DM. Hey, thanks for sharing. You just start to make yourself seen and a real connection that you genuinely know their content. So then when you go to send your pitch and a pitch, we'll talk all about it. Cause that's the main kind of meat of what right. results in a placement. But when they see your pitch, it's going to be more warmly received, right? So think about the people that pitch your show and you've engaged with them a little bit on social. You're kind of familiar. You've seen their handle. And when they reach out to you and they say, James, I love your show. I've listened to all of these episodes. The most recent episode you had with so-and-so was amazing. Person. Yeah. And so you, you know, hey, this person really knows what I'm all about. And so you read the pitch. First of all, you're going to actually pay attention to that pitch. But you're going to come in with the understanding that they are aware of who you talk to, how you talk to them, how you position your content, 
oh, and by the way, I have an idea for you. That's the perfect fit for what you're already doing. I feel like people listening to this, there's gonna be a lot of people saying, oh, I know this already. Just do but it. But <laughs> people aren't doing that. Yeah. I mean, we must receive over a hundred, and Diana will have to confirm that for me, over a hundred requests to be on the show every month. Like we have a forum, we have people reaching out on different platforms. And there's, I would say 98 to 99% of people are not doing what's as simple as what you just said. It's completely like copy paste, self-serving. Here's what's in it for me themselves. And that's it. And it's just become such an obvious no. And I look for bringing people on the show that I have already a relationship with because I know where their heart is. I know where their intentions are and and they have value to bring and they want to bring that value. And you come out out of the blue and just saying, hey, I've got a launch coming up and or a book I'm writing and, and I would like to get on your show because I think it'll help book sales. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I would love to help your book sales. And it's just like, you know, sounds like I'm a jerk, but when you get a hundred of those like oh, all no. the time, you're just like, all right. You know, it's interesting because I see PR agencies doing it too. I'm the media contact for a couple different websites that over the years I have contributed to. So I'm in some of these bigger databases as a person to pitch. And I will see agencies sending totally uninspired with no connection, just these just vapid pitches with nothing to offer. And it's exactly like you said, it's what is in it for that person's audience or for them right? It's not about you. It's obvious for what is in it for you. That's very obvious. You don't need to state that. And if you come along and literally take the effort to make a connection, even following someone on social media and saying, oh, I saw you were just in Sedona. I love Sedona. I just had a trip there. It was a, a magical, amazing experience. Did you visit the, the airport vortex? I did. Okay. Yeah. Now you've got my attention, <laughs> right? Like now you see we have something kind of in common that we're connected to. Just that simple step is going to make your pitch rise to the top of the pile. They'll pay yeah. attention to you. It's a funny phenomenon. I, I, there must be someone who's created a law or a term for this. And this phenomenon is someone's like hearing what Jen is saying and saying, oh, it's not worth the effort. So what they do instead is they do the like copy paste numbers approach. Okay, fine. I'm just going to copy and paste and ask like 50 people or something like that. Boom, 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 boom. That's still effort. And that's almost like guaranteed failure rate. So you're spending more effort doing something like that to get no response than if you would have just gone all in with a few people. And that was something that you really rang true for me that you spoke to at the mastermind retreat of like, it's quality over quantity. You know, it's like a hundred pitches or like hand picking and going deep with a few amount, like three to five people. You're, it's going to be more effort, but it's going to be more return on your effort. Better return. You were listening. Of course, I'm always (laughs) listening when Jen speaks. As you guys should be. When she's speaking right now. So I love it. What what step are we on? We're on step three, which is make genuine. Okay. So step one was yeah. was get your mind right. Step yeah. two. What's step two? Goals and intentions. Goals and strategy. Okay. Well, so what would a goal or a uh, strategy be? Well, launch a book, like you said. Okay. Um, you so there is an end game. Yeah. Or, you know, it could even be just establish your authority as the go-to expert in your space. Like that. Right. Or grow your media list. You know, it could just be test and see what angles of your story really resonate with your audience and go more in that direction. You kind of think something is interesting about you, but if nobody picks up on that thing and they're really excited to talk to you about this thing, well, then this is the thing you should be focused on. Yeah. So yeah, just simply figure out that also I would say goals and intentions could be where do you want to be featured? So like you said, laser in on a few key outlets that are more meaningful to you and really invest and spend the time there rather than this mass pitching that absolutely does not work. Don't waste your time on that. Totally. And and then step four is your unique story angle and writing that pitch, right? So we already touched on it a little bit, which is to really open with a genuine connection to that person in some way. If you know somebody in common, then mention that and how you're connected. But it could just be something you saw on their social media that they put out there or an article they shared, a podcast that you listened to that had an impact on you, just something genuine. And the overall 
tone should be friendly, light, easygoing, and just really focus on being short and sweet and to the point, right? And don't stress too hard about your subject line. It does not have to summarize the entire contents of the email. It just has to be enough to get them to open it and read it. You know, I do this too. As we were talking pre-show and people have been following along on my journey, we just got our first investment property, or at least we're in escrow in right now at the time of this recording. So I've been the student to these online gurus, these people that, you know, like, who am I in their eyes? Kind of, you know, ego, whatever. I'm just like, I'm just a little student here. I'd like to learn from you, sir. Please, could I get some more content? Thank you. You know, that's how I feel. Like I'm this newbie, like at their feet, like whatever you could give me, I'm here to learn. You know, the first thing I did is I I really liked this one guy. I was like really resonating with just who he was and everything. And I'm like, wow, that's probably how some people are when they see me. Like most are like, oh, who is this guy? Get out of here. But then there's like these few people are like, oh, I like this guy. So it's like really nice to be in the opposite shoes again, you know, to experience that from the other side. And first thing I did is I bought his program, right? Not just to invest in my education and learning from him, but also to like, you know, I think that establishes me as like a serious person with a relationship I'd like to create and send an email to see what would happen. But I sent an email only speaking to something that he and I both have in common, which is that we both kite surf. Mm -hmm. And in the offer, I said, hey, by the way, I got a group I'm putting together in Fiji. You let me know if you ever want to go. I'd love to have you. And like, here's a list of some of the other people. You may even know them. Boom. Like, there's nothing in it for me. I'm not trying to do, I don't have any like, other than like, I'm already learning a lot from this guy. I'd love to build a relationship with this person. And that's just kind of become a like subconscious default thing of like, I understand what it's like. He's got a YouTube channel where people are commenting and sending him, you know, I'm sure he gets a message every day that's like, great videos. How do I get started? Hey, how do, will you do it for me? You know, and like probably just rolls his eyes and you guys got to be willing to think like this. You got to be willing to say the person on the other end, the key decision maker, what are they being inundated with every single day by everyone else? And how do you stand out? So my email to him just said, just buy your program. You kite surf. You don't think that's going to get his attention? And I was like, dude, just finished module one of your program. I love it. And I loved it even more when I found out that you kite surf. I do too. Look, I'm planning a trip here. Here's the island. You got to check it out. If you, I got us, I got extra spots. You let me know. You know, that's a crazy offer. I don't make that offer to a lot of people, but, um, (laughs) And that's just me building a relationship. That got his attention. He responded. I have no ulterior motive other than knowing that that's not how most people are treating him. That's not how most... It's like, let me pick your brain. Oh, we love that, right? Let me pick your brain. Let me... No, please don't use those phrases to anybody. So, oh God, the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. No one wants their brain picked. Uh, I just picture crows like pecking at ah, my skull. It's just ah. the worst visual. Yeah, picking it <laughs> dry. It's like, thanks. James, now. what I love about this, sorry to cut you off, but no, I'm, I'm excited about the fact it's that you, there's just this one person that really resonated with you, right? Like yeah. you just had a feeling, there's a lot of people teaching what this person's teaching Mm -hmm. and having whatever platform, like you don't know ultimately what's going to happen. If you move forward with some sort of a relationship, there will be some other benefit, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just the connection that you felt and the way that you conveyed it was really genuine. And so I would just encourage anybody listening when you have that feeling where you're listening to a show or you're reading something like that's the feeling. It's like, you just go, Oh, this is where, I should be. This is somebody that I need to align myself with. Whether whether it's a podcast host or an influencer that you want to connect with or whoever is a key decision maker here for like a major publication, you got to understand that they are inundated day in and day out with people that are self-serving. And Mm -hmm. I see it in myself and it just is what it is. But I have to protect myself. I have to protect my time. I have to protect my energy, which means I have to say no a lot because there's a lot of people saying, gimme, 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 gimme. And you have to understand that that's already the pretense they're coming from is that if you're reaching out, it means you want something. You might as well just understand that, that anybody that has that platform or that reach or that thing that you want you're not the first one to figure out that they have what you want. That's what a lot of people are doing. And so they're already, most people are going to experience anyone reaching out 
of here's somebody else that wants something. I've noticed myself, I try and catch myself and say, let me not try and put any judgments and assumptions on anything, but you find yourself saying, what does this person want? You know, I'm just trying to be as as honest with myself as possible. You know, years of doing that, that's what people do. So when you know that, it's all marketing too. It's like, how can you position yourself differently from that? And it has to be authentic. It must be genuine. And these things are so simple, but not that many people are doing it. Yeah. And even the professionals aren't doing it either. So that'll make you instantly stand out. And then honestly, the next part of your email is so simple. It's what are you offering and what's your unique, your unique story angle? What can you speak about? That's going to help somebody else. What hurdles have you overcome that you can show them what's possible for them? Any lessons that you've learned? If you have a roadmap or framework, it's literally just a simple like list of bullet points. Like I'd love to have you consider, you know, having me as a guest contributor or let's, you know, I want to talk with you about this unique approach that I've come up with to help you overcome you know, challenges with weight loss or whatever your approach is. And it's bullet points, simple. Do not write out the entire article. Don't even write out the entire thing in a fully formed concept. It's a bullet, maybe one, two, three bullets of what you can contribute. And then you end with a really strong, simple call to action. It can be something like, how about I write, you know, how, let me know if you'd like for me to write that up for you or, you know, whatever the next steps are, if you'd like more information or you need any images, please let me know. And just end with a strong call to action like that. So they know the very next step that they have to take to kind of move this forward and then wrap it up and send it off. It's just simple, yeah, short and sweet. I like what you're saying here because it's also important to note that somebody that has the platform in the audience, someone who is in charge of you know, putting out a bunch of articles, they got to that position, they got to that place because they care about their end reader or listener. Yes. And they want to put the best stuff out for that end user. And so that's the problem that they're solving every day. And most people just don't get this. What I'm looking at, and I don't call it a problem, but the challenge or puzzle that I am tackling every day is how do I put something out that's going to make the difference for my listeners? Mm -hmm. So you come back to your self-serving thing again. It's like, I'm too busy solving this problem and working on this puzzle. You come and say, I think I've got another piece for your puzzle. I think I got something that's going to help solve this puzzle for you. You know, I'm interested right? Anyone with that platform or that following is, is going to be interested because that's the problem they got to solve every day. And I'm glad how you, you must be willing to say, this is how it will help your audience. This mm-hmm. is what it will do for them because the people that have the big audience has got the big audiences because they cared about their audience, plain mm-hmm. and simple. They don't care about someone's doing a book launch or a launch or something like that. No, they care about their audience. And that's, that's what's most important. So I love that you're saying this. Five simple steps These are very simple. Most people don't do them. It's up to you if you're going to do them. But where do we begin to like, even pulling back again, do you recommend someone just like starting with podcasts? Do you recommend someone looking at major publications in their industry? What about like TV? What about radio? Like, what about those things? Are those worth our time as online businesses? What do we start to do there? Yeah, I think it's all worth your time. I mean, if it makes you feel terrified and you mm-hmm. want to like run in the opposite direction, then maybe TV is not for you. But if you, I think TV would be great for somebody who's like a fitness expert, you know, somebody who's really telegenic. If you want to ultimately your end goal is to be on the Today Show, you have to start small with local media. It might even be helpful to just jump on Facebook lives all the time and get really comfortable carrying a segment and, you know, just be comfortable with how you deliver your message. But ultimately they're going to want to see a reel and a reel is basically just clips of you on different segments so that they can see that you are telegenic and can carry a segment. So TV is one of those things that you really do start small and then sort of build towards it. 
um, like my Today Show client was on local news for several years, basically, because she really wow. had to refine. Yeah. And now she's a regular contributor on the Today do Show. You, do you recommend professional media training if someone's going to go that that route? Or do you think just the practice of, you know, stair-stepping is, is enough? Yeah, I think that if you are in a kind of a precarious situation, like you have to be really careful with how you communicate your messages, like the CEO of a company that's maybe publicly traded, yeah, then I would see, think media training is pretty important, but I think just getting comfortable, honestly, Facebook live is kind of the best thing to happen to Mm -hmm. anybody that wants to refine their online presence or their, you know, how telegenic they are because they can really see themselves and how an audience connects to them and kind of see themselves on camera and then start to say, okay, I really like how that sounds, or I don't like how I move my head in this direction. You know, they can kind of see, you start to see your, your ums and your ahs when you record yourself. Well, you have to, when you do your Facebook, I I mean, that's how I got like people. It's so funny. We had this post that we're putting out to promote one of our episodes talking about the benefits of the introverts advantage. And Mm -hmm. I start by saying like, I'm an introvert. And there's all these people that are like, no freaking way, like total BS. I don't believe <laughs> no, it. He is. He and really is. <laughs> really, he really is. But the funny thing is, is that people don't get is I have been making videos as a business since 2008. I uploaded my first YouTube video in 2008. That was 12, 13 years ago now. That's crazy. Yeah, 12 years ago. Oh my goodness. I just showed you. I like stumbled across it when I was doing research for something for my son. Did you see that? The in how the, to, the how to make yeah. money on YouTube one. That's not even that, that old. Was, that was like 2013. Oh, we um, were cracking up. Right, right. With <laughs> my, the, I, I click the button and then the money falls the from money, the... Yeah. How to make money on YouTube and then I click a button and all this money just falls from the, from the sky. And then I did it again. Oh, that was great. You guys got to find that video, see what we're talking about. So I've made hundreds hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos. That was my media training. That trained me on how to, hey, have an high energy or communicate what I need to do at the speed and the length and the, you know, oh, and you need to be concise. You want it to be longer. Like you could tell me right now, you could say, James, give me a three minute segment talking about these, this thing right here and be done in three minutes. I could pretty much do that because I've had to make a three minute video. I've had to make a 10 minute video. It's practice. So like, yeah, Facebook live is another rendition of that. And it really has helped so much. I think all my Mm -hmm. videos prepared me for doing a podcast. Now, today, when I interview someone or we have a conversation, I can absolutely tell the difference. Just the quality of interviews and somebody I can be like, you've been podcasting for a while, haven't you? And they like put a big smile on your face. It's like, there's a difference versus somebody that's never interviewed before. Right. It's all practice. You can get that practice in many different ways. And I love the suggestion with Facebook Lives or your own podcaster, your own video podcaster making videos. But it's it's what really helped polish me. I'm not saying I'm polished, but it, it's better than it was years and years ago. And those old videos are bad. Oh my goodness. I was like, <laughs> I was like stumbling around and stuttering and um and ah and rolling my head around and my eyes around and looking and just kind of rambling, you know? And that's what we worry about, right? We worry that we're going to ramble. We're going to go off on tangents and it's like, you can train yourself out of that. Practice, practice. So that's good to know about the TV. Yeah. And like bigger publications, like you mentioned, you know, it's worth a try. It's absolutely worth a try. But if you want to work up to it, Mm -hmm. you can test what angle resonates most with other publications and really refine your story so that when you pitch business insider, like for example, I think I told you at the retreat that I really knew that my story of transitioning from law to PR was something that the media had been quite interested in. And I ultimately got one of those kind of profile pieces on Business Insider talking about that transition. And they kind of position it like walking away from a six-figure job to start something completely unknown. Yeah. Yeah. In a completely different industry. Yeah. Just a total 180 with like no contacts, no experience. Crazy lady has quarter life crisis. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, And and I knew at that point that that story that I was going to get traction for it because I had been in, you know, the LA Times and um, Mm -hmm. other publications for that transition itself. And so that's why I felt comfortable pitching it. And then I 
pivoted when I pitched to Forbes. And that was really about sharing DIY strategies for how their readers could do their own PR because I was reading an article and I thought to myself, the next step of what this writer would probably want to share with their audience is this thing that I know how to do. And so I followed exactly what I just shared with you guys about how to send a pitch. I connected with her personally, shared the original article that I found that I loved. And when it was time to reach out to her, I sent a very simple, like three bullets of what I could offer. And I said, how about I write that up for you? And she said, go for it. And I basically wrote the entire article. And then on a Saturday, I got a Google alert that there was an article about me on Forbes. And it was literally like the entire thing that I had written. And so you just kind of never know. And you know, I wouldn't have known to really position it that way unless I knew that that was the angle that this writer covered in her content on Forbes. Because you took the time to go deep and understand her, what she's about, what she needs. Yeah. It's just like everything else, you know? Okay. And, and just to kind of like ground this into more specifics before we wrap it up. I know you've talked to my team. They were very excited, very hungry for more. <laughs> so what kind of stuff did you tell my team or would you tell my team or someone like like me if we said, hey, we want to we want to get more media coverage exposure. We want to lean into your strategies in 2020. What's just a few things that would point us in the right direction? And I asked this question so that we ground it with some like real specifics, you know, of like, For you, James, I would recommend these type of things. What would you say? Yeah, well, we, oh my God, James, I talked to Diana and we just (laughs) were like, we were having a great time. It's really figuring out, you know, just the business that you've built in and of itself, that story is obviously quite remarkable. So sharing your transition from bartender <laughs> to, you know, to, uh, to daytime, day, daytime weekday bartender too, but oh. I wasn't even a, I wasn't even a good bartender. <laughs> I wasn't even successful well, at bartender with a bad shift. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I wasn't successful at bartending. That's the sad thing. Oh, yeah. Geez. But like what a clickable headline, right? It's like, what do you mean this bartender is now making, you know, nine plus million dollars a year online. But so there's that angle, which is obviously quite remarkable and it sounds um, like you're just like also got a knack for like finding that story and that hook and i would say that most of us here listening we have something in common with me that like i've sucked at coming up with that own for yourself like that own angle i'm like you say that i'm like well you found that for me, for the longest time, I was just like, I don't know, that's not really something, is it? Like, that's not a big, we just, when you're living your own life, we, it's so easy for us to tend to like, it's your story. So you, te- you, you hear it all day, you're living it all day. You're like, is that really a good story? Is that really? Is yeah, that- we take our stories for granted. We also we take for granted what we know how to do. Yeah, I know this comes up a lot in course creation. It's yeah. like the basics of what you know how to do. Most people just don't have any mm-hmm. idea all of the you know, just the starting steps of what you know how to do. So it's definitely a blind spot. We kind of think that it's, you know, maybe not that interesting or you've lived it. So you're kind of like, well, yeah, no, I did that, but I'm not that anymore. So you overlook it as something that's interesting and newsworthy and you're not doing it to brag. It's like everything you do when you put it out. It is what it is. It's going to, it's going to feel like that for people like, Oh, I don't want to brag. I don't want the attention on me. I don't want to totally, it's about how I can help. It's like, you got to find those headlines. Yeah. You got to find that, that angle. Okay. So, so keep going with that. So you got this great angle. You're, you're saying, would you then say, find a few publications, connect with key decision yeah. makers, editors, writers, and be like, here's this angle. You want me to write it up for you? Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm sure you've seen recent press with your friend, Catherine Zankina was featured on mm-hmm. Forbes yep. and she was featured by Celine DaCosta and she covers that type of content. So you can see, okay, that writer writes at this publication with this type of content. That's somebody I should probably reach out to with like a similar angle and say, oh, we have a friend in common. I'm friends with Catherine. So, you know, one of those funny is a lot of our clients and master members have started getting you know, big media coverage recently. And I just connected the dots. Why? And I can't believe we haven't brought this up until the end of the episode. But back in Chicago, at our masterminds, 
we come in and everyone's notices that James got that stupid little blue check mark on Instagram. Right. And everyone's yes. like, how the heck did you get verified? You're verified. And I just rub it in everyone's face. I'm like, hey, you know who you're talking to? I'm verified on Instagram. I'm a big deal you now. The Instagram. The Instagrams. I'm, I'm verified, verified on, on I'm verified on the gram, bro. And <laughs> to never take yourself too seriously, but I'll, I'll like check into a hotel and I'm like, do I get a verified on Instagram discount? <laughs> and they just look at me like they, they want to punch me. And people asked us. And so Evie, our social media manager, put together a presentation. He says, she said, at the end of the day, what we found is the common thing that they look for, the Instagram police, in the verification police that give you that dumb little badge. I call it dumb because like we put so much significance in these little things. Right. And so I have to just kind of mock it. But she went after it. Evie said, I want to get you this badge. And she did. And she said what it came down to is they want to see media coverage. They want to see that publicity. They want to see you publish somewhere. And so a ton of our clients and members went after it. And that was a driving thing. So this is a, a bonus end of episode tip slash benefit slash here's why you should be paying attention to this because it'll get you verified on the gram <laughs> and you got to get that that dumb little blue check mark, right? Let's be real. We all care about that blue check mark. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah. that's that's when you know you've made it, you know? <laughs> I'm verified on Twitter. Does anyone... <laughs> Anyone on Twitter? Um, <laughs> Hello? Anyone? On Instagram. Anyone? <laughs> but one thing I will say also that I think is a huge, huge missed opportunity is following up. So a lot of people think they will send that pitch and it's either they'll like it or they'll yep. ignore it. And that's your only shot. Mm -hmm. And I will say, even in our agency for our clients on retainer, we land most of our press from follow-ups probably 95% of the features that we get come on the follow-up. So here's how you do it. It's so simple. Take the email out of your sense yep. and just Copy. reply back yep. and say, Hey, just checking in. Did you have an opportunity to review this? And if don't be annoying, don't be pestery. And also don't be one of those guys. That's like, is it something that I said? Oh my like, gosh. If anybody guy. listens and I know that those people sending those emails, they're not listening. They're not listening to this episode, clearly. <laughs> not so your I, they're not my audience, but no. then they're the ones doing it. It's so obnoxious. Was it something I said, oh, bro? The worst. And it's like, yeah, that right there. That was it. <laughs> that was exactly it. And it's like, I know someone at some seminar or conference or course wrote that as part of their training. Ugh. And now everyone's doing it. And it's like, you just said the exact same thing and you're trying to be funny, but it doesn't come off as funny. It comes off as disingenuous and inauthentic yeah. and it's slightly obnoxious and it just has people roll their eyes. And it's so funny you say that because I'm like, I thought I was the only one. I'm, maybe I'm just being a jerk. <laughs> and then Ugh, Jen says worse. it too. As, oh, was this something I said? Yes, it was something you said. I'm, You know, also the thing is like, it's funny when people say, I know you're a busy guy, but, <laughs> and it's like, but then they keep, Pastor is like, if you know that the person's busy and you're acknowledging that, why are you acting like they're not busy? Give people more time. Like I've had people yeah. do this follow up like the day later. And it's like, but if you oh, know God. I'm busy, why are you following up? It takes me a few days. This is a non-priority to me. So I'm not going to jump at it because I know how to focus on what's important and this isn't important. So I'm going to take my time with it. But you're following up like a day or two later. But I just feel like Jen, you are speaking more than just PR, you know, this is, this is like life. Like the magic life is in lessons. the, the magic's in the follow-up. Like, isn't that with like yeah. dating, right? Isn't that with like anything? It's like yeah. follow up. Oh, they said no, or they didn't respond. I guess I should just give up on my dreams. Follow up on your dreams, follow up on well, the universe. <laughs> well, I remember we talked about this on the panel at BBD live that I can directly attribute. What is the math on it? 20, $2,000 of sales on my program from the advice that you gave me that was literally follow up. Like people that were present during your launch that have kind of dropped off. You made the offer, you're sending out your sequence, but like reach out to those people, connect with them, ask yep. them what's going on, get on the phone with them. $22,000 just from doing that. So yeah, it kind of, it kind of works. <laughs> it's like, it's like what the cheerleaders say in high schools, be aggressive, be, be aggressive. And, and like in a good way, I have a text from our mutual friend here since we're just like chatting life and stuff. 
and how the philosophies of PR relate to everything in life. And I'm talking to Mel about um, Mr. Mel Abraham. And I feel like this is in the same vein. It's just at least it calls it up for me. I'm talking to him about all my woes and adventures as I've been talking about you with real estate and, and stuff. And I'm just like, I'm enjoying all of it. The highs, the lows, watching incompetence with people. There's some incompetent people out there. I'm, <laughs> I'm watching deals fall through. I'm watching mistakes. I'm watching people be way out of integrity. I'm watching people be misleading and deceiving. And you're just observing all of it. And Mel's a pretty, he's like a pretty wise dude when it comes to money, investing. He is the best negotiator, deal maker on the planet. And speaking to following up, that's like this energy that Jen's talking about, like make it happen. Like, you know, we can sit there and say, and I'm all about it. You know, it's like the universe, like let's just, let's just close your eyes and it'll happen. It'll happen. If not, it's like, yeah. And you can apply some of your personal power towards the outcome you want and go after your dreams. Mm-hmm. And so Mel wrote me this text I thought was pretty profound. He goes, you know, James, it's crazy. Deals, good deals. And this is a great example, you know, like getting a PR deal. That's a deal. Deals don't happen organically, at least not good deals. Deals need to be guided, not forced, but guided Mm-hmm. value needs to be communicated by one party to another. Immediacy needs to be communicated. And the risk of losing a good deal needs to be communicated constantly. And I just think that's so fascinating that we had this conversation yesterday at 717. And then here you are saying it from another perspective, the same vein of you got to follow up. A great deal, great opportunity doesn't just happen organically on its own. It needs uh, it needs to be guided. Mm. And I love it. Not forced, right? Mm. Like, all right, you're coming on a little strong here. Not forced, mm. not jamming the square peg in the round hole, but guided. It needs you to guide it to the finish line. And that's a different energy than forcing. It's a different energy than just like, I sent the email, I'm going to go bury my head in the sand. If it was meant to be, it's meant to be. If not, it's not. And there's some beautiful balance in the middle where you guide that deal to the finish line, that offer, that article, that media pitch to the finish line. What do you think of that? I I like that. Do you like that? I love that. Yeah. I definitely think it applies. I mean, you just, I look, I built my entire business on the worst thing that can happen is that they'll say no. Right. (laughs) Like I had no contacts and nothing and you really have to push for things, but it, it helps when you are presenting something that's of value and useful, interesting, and you're not one of those, you know, like annoying people that is clearly just in it for themselves. Right. Yes. So you've, you've got to follow up. You have to know that what you're offering is the right fit. And then you can feel confident to say, Hey, did you miss the, the email I sent? Or do you need additional information? Or you can follow up with another fact, but you do have to guide it along because people are very busy. Your email could be sitting in their inbox and they just haven't had a chance to circle back with you. And you're actually helping them by reminding them that they want to get in touch with you. Look at it like that. Was right? it something I said? Was it something I said? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd oh, love it. Hey, at least we're learning what not to do as well here, right? <laughs> uh, so this has been fantastic, Jan, and I could chat with you all day. You're so awesome. Any, you. any final thoughts, words of wisdom, and anything, I don't know, that maybe is like still like on your mind. If you like, this would really help call this episode complete for our listeners. I mean, just go for it. You have something to share. You absolutely have something unique in what you know how to do or how you got where you are and feel confident in sharing it and know that you're helping somebody. And yeah, a lot of people are missing this opportunity. It's like a huge white space in our industry here and just go for it. And what's the worst thing that can happen? They can say no, or they'll ignore you. And you'll learn that, you know, maybe there's another angle that's a better fit, but just go for it. And I just can't wait to hear, connect with me on Instagram and let me know that you've pitched your story and what happened by doing that. It's just, there's no better feeling. Honestly, James, I left my career in law that I worked really hard to get to because I pitched one story that ended up in a print magazine. I held it in my hand and the feeling was so incredible. It was like a drug. And I was like, I want more of this. And I just like started an entire business based on that feeling. And when that feeling is about you, 
it's like, there's nothing better than that. So I would love for your audience to experience that feeling of having their story told in the media so that they can help other people as well. Well, there you go. Make sure to connect with Jen. We'll hook up her Instagram account in the um, show notes of the episode. Any other places you want to, if people want to learn more, any anywhere else to send them or is Instagram the best place? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Generation PR and we are completely relaunching our website, profitableprpros.com. It's going to be live in a week. So yeah, it should be up by the time this airs. By the time it airs, it will be up. So go check that out. We'll link that up in the show notes. Thank you so much, Jen, for donating your time, your energy, and all of your years of 15 years of wisdom (laughs) running a profitable PR agency and helping a ton of other businesses, brands, and clients. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in and hanging out with us all the way to the end. If you want more behind the scenes, beyond the episode conversations with me, head on over to jameswilmer.com forward slash beyond to chat and hang out beyond the podcast. That's going to open up our free little app, the Telegram app, where we can connect in between episodes and you'll get more juicy awesomeness. Until next week, see you then. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate, and we can get started right now.